From the Capital City, I'm Kevin Allen. Capital City Fire and Rescue responded to a residential structure fire Monday morning that sent one person, the sole occupant, to the hospital for smoke inhalation. CCFR was called to respond at 5.11 yesterday morning, according to Assistant Fire Chief Ed Quino. They responded to the 4,000 block of Mendenhall Boulevard. On arrival, we found the house 50% involvement on fire. Our fire's crew responded by pulling a pre-connect hose to the back side of the building where most of the fire was located. We were on scene for about two hours. It took us about an hour to put the fire out. Majority of the building was damaged from the fire. He said one person was sent to the hospital. And the homeowner was the sole occupant of the house. He did receive some smoke inhalation, and he was transported by ambulance to the hospital. At this time, Fire Marshal is investigating the cause and to determine the amount of damage. Quino said the building appeared to be a total loss. The Coast Guard rescued two people from a kayak taking on water about one nautical mile west of Spoon Island in Juneau Saturday. Coast Guard Sector Juneau watchstanders received a report from the Juneau Police Department dispatch at about 1.30 p.m., that a double-seater kayak with two people aboard was taking on water. A Coast Guard station Juno response boat crew arrived on scene at 1.45 p.m., embarked the two people, and then transported them out to False Outer Point where their vehicle was located. Sector Juno Command Duty Officer Lieutenant Jonathan Dillard said both people in this case were wearing their life jackets and had communication equipment with them. He added that with the influx of maritime activity during the Memorial Day weekend, they were glad to see the proper use of safe boating equipment. A special prosecutor says he has filed charges of sexual abuse of a minor in the third degree against former Alaska Attorney General Clyde Ed Sniffen. Greg Olson says the charges were filed Friday, but he did not yet have a stamped copy of the documents or a case number. A message was left for an attorney who has represented Sniffen, a longtime attorney with the Alaska Department of Law. He resigned shortly after being appointed Attorney General in January of 2021. The Anchorage Daily News and ProPublica last year reported that his resignation was announced as they were reporting on allegations of sexual misconduct with a 17-year-old girl three decades ago. The Biden administration is suing Alaska over fishing rights on a river that runs through a national wildlife refuge. The lawsuit alleges that the state is undermining federal efforts to limit harvests when fish numbers are low to local residents in the area of predominantly indigenous villages. Indian Country Today reports the lawsuit was filed this month against Alaska's wildlife agency. It's part of a long-standing conflict between federal land management agencies and the state over subsistence or the gathering of food from nature for nutrition and cultural practices. The state says it's living up to its responsibility to uphold the Alaska Constitution. The Juneau Commission on Sustainability is offering three suggested projects for consideration of funding by the 1% sales tax revenue this year. The three projects are waste reduction and waste diversion, electrification of heating in the city and borough of Juneau facilities, and energy efficiency upgrades to city facilities. The total ask would be $4 million between the three projects. Committee member Duff Mitchell says the ask should be tied to the authority they have in terms of the borough's renewable energy strategy. These three things tie in nicely with our JCAP and JRES. Uh, and I think that gives the authority of why not just, hey, this is our wish. 
Mitchell also recused himself from discussion of electrification of heating in city and borough of Juneau facilities. The Juneau Assembly's budget they will review for final approval in June provides full to the cap funding for the school district. The cap refers to the maximum allowable contribution amount the city can make towards the district. Superintendent Dr. Bridget Weiss spoke to, about that on Action Line. Our city assembly has continued to provide us support up to that allowable amount, and they did so again this year. And it means everything uh, to our operations when the state has been um, less uh, responsive and uh, has given us basically flat funding until this year. Uh, but for the last six years, uh, we've been flat funded. So we just really appreciate the city funding. They also fund a few things uh, above that allowable contribution amount that are eligible that they can support the district. Juno School Superintendent Dr. Bridget Weiss. Juno Gold Rush Days is coming back after a two-year absence due to the pandemic. This will be the 30th annual Gold Rush Day event at Savico Park on Sandy Beach. President of Juno Gold Rush Days, Jerry Harmon, shared details on this year's event and its history. Well, when we're going to do Gold Rush Days, well, we're going to do it. It's coming up the 18th and 19th of June on the weekend, and we formed the Juno Gold Rush Commission to celebrate mining and the future and present and historic. Started that in 1990. John Sandor, Roger Griffin, and J.P. Tangen and myself got invited to come over and help. We had a comp mining competition two or three years before. We put a big rock on Sandy Beach, took a jack leg drill down, and and we drilled. There'd be a 30 or so people there. Now we have, over the two days, as many as 10,000 people. Coralaska Kensington Mines' Rochelle Lindley, one of the sponsors of the event, has information on activities taking place. We have both mining and logging competitions. We have a ton of vendors that set up vendor booths in, in the big tent out there. So we've got activities, local food. There's a kids carnival, gold panning, all kinds of different activities and fun for the whole family. The schedule of events is not finalized yet, but will be posted on their Facebook page, Juno Gold Rush Days. The event is free and depends on donations from the public. The owner of the largest natural gas utility in Alaska says it is selling the company to Canada-based Tri-Summit Utilities Incorporated. The Anchorage Daily News reports the deal is worth $800 million. Alta Gas Limited says the sale will include Anchorage-based NSTAR Natural Gas, its associated pipelines, and NSTAR's majority ownership in a gas storage facility. Alta Gas is also based in Canada. It acquired NSTAR in 2012. Tri-Summit has about 133 customers in Canada, and Star has about 150,000 customers in Anchorage and parts of south-central Alaska. The companies expect the sale to close by early next year, and Star Natural Gas has about 200 employees. A volcano in Russia erupted late Friday night. The Bismani volcano is on the far eastern Kamchatka Peninsula in Russia. Hannah Dietrich from the Alaska Volcanic Observatory said its last eruption was March of this year. Bezimiani Volcano is a very active volcano on the Kamchatka Peninsula in Russia. And this year it's been uh, erupting a lava dome, so a slow eruption of a lava flow that doesn't really go anywhere and piles up. Uh, and then last night activity became suddenly explosive. 
sent ash uh, up to sort of 15 kilometers into the atmosphere, up to 52,000 feet is what's been identified uh, in satellite data. Dietrich said the cloud is not expected to bring ash fall to Alaska. Um, and that ash cloud drifted to the southeast. It's still drifting across the North Pacific, just south of the Aleutian Islands. We don't expect any ash fall in Alaska. Um, we had uh, some airborne ash, so ash that's up in the atmosphere, drifting with the wind, uh, way up at that sort of the top of it's been identified at 52,000 feet, so really high up, where it's where it's affecting aviation, it's affecting aircraft in the area, but we don't expect any of that ash to produce any significant fall in the Aleutian Islands. The ash cloud's gone primarily south of all of the islands out over the North Pacific. They say it's regular to have ash fall in the North Pacific from volcanoes in Russia and Alaska, and that they are prepared for the situation. Veterans of Foreign Wars Taku Post 5559 and American Legion Post 25 held ceremonies Monday in observance of Memorial Day. Taps, played by graduating Juno Douglas student Sam Marin. The ceremony held at Evergreen Cemetery was organized by the VFW. Taku Post Chaplain Kirk Thorstensen provided the invocation and benediction. Outgoing Post Commander Howard Colbert was the keynote speaker. He served two tours in Vietnam where he received the Purple Heart and three Bronze Stars. As veterans of foreign wars, our collective consciousness demands that citizens be reminded of the deaths of their fallen comrades during wartime. By honoring this action, war dead, we preserve the memories of their sacrifice. Out of the reverence of the U.S. flag are displayed on all the gravestones here, and it is to honor them for what they served and died underneath that flag. Succeeding Colbert as post commander is a veteran of the Gulf War, which he said is a first as a post commander. Wreaths were presented by the VFW as well as members of the Harley Owners Group Southeast Tongass Chapter. That was the JDHS band playing the Pomp and Circumstance March at graduation Sunday. Yakusuke Dakihiti, Juno Douglas, and Thunder Mountain High Schools held graduation ceremonies for the class of 2022 all throughout Sunday. Superintendent Dr. Bridget Weiss spoke about what graduations at each of the three Juno High Schools is all about. Graduations are always really the culminating event. I call it the so what of what we do. And really to be able to honor our graduates and all their accomplishments is really amazing. So today we do it three different places, three different styles, you know, really dependent on the school's personality. And, uh, and each one is just super special in its own way. Why said the pandemic turned their world upside down. In March, early March of 2020, this group were sophomores and their world sort of erupted right in front of them. They never went back to school that year. And then last year, of course, in the fall, we were distance delivery all fall. And then we came back sort of in a hybrid model in the second semester last year. So really these students, a whole middle chunk of their high school experience. Um, and then this year impacted as well, we were wearing masks uh, until April. So it really has significantly impacted this group of students. and. 
I think they are better for it. Wise said the trials and tribulations of the pandemic will help them going forward, and that graduation is not an ending, but rather a new beginning for these Juno students. Graduation for Yakusuke Dakahiti High School students was first beginning at 1 p.m. Sunday. Kristen Groh, the principal of Yakusuke Dakahiti, was thrilled for this year's graduates to be surrounded by families and peers at the ceremony once again. We've been lucky that we've been able to do something in person the last, like all through COVID. It was smaller or it was one-on-one. -on -one. We had a ceremony for one and the first year. And then last year we had small groups at one time together. So we had like five different ceremonies that were short and sweet and just little mini ceremonies. So it's really great this year to have it in person with everyone. People are able to be here. Lots of family and friends who are coming to celebrate. So it's great. Yakuzuke saw 36 graduates from the class of 2022. Grow recognized the students that came to Yakusuke for extra support in completing school and how rewarding it is to see them succeed. We have about 65 students enrolled at any given time at Yakusuke Dakihiri High School. This year we have 36 students in our graduating class. It is so amazing. It's great to see them, especially ones that have taken a little bit longer or I know some things have gotten in their way. That's often why they end up with us at Yakusuke Dakihiri. Something's going on that maybe prevented them from having success at an earlier time in high school. I'm so proud of them that they made it to graduation. She said two are graduating a year early and two are in the top 10% of their class. The three high school advisors called up their students one by one, giving them heartfelt personalized speeches in honor of each student's accomplishments and determination through obstacles. Next was Juno Douglas, and more than 140 seniors graduated. Principal Paula Casperson told the graduates about her thoughts about this class's last four years together. When I sat down this weekend to think about our four years here together, I found myself anchored to this idea that you are the only current class at JHS that has had a typical high school year. You had course selection back in February of 18. You had freshman first later that August. Your first year of high school included dances and assemblies, tasteful senior pranks, and a graduation ceremony right here in this gym. You started your sophomore year expecting the same, and the world threw us a curveball that derailed it all. Still, through no school, online school, and opt-in school, you persevered. Casperson added that the students persevered during the pandemic to make it to the finish line. Senior Annika Schwartz was recognized during the ceremony for her high student achievement over the past four years at Juno Douglas. Thunder Mountain High School graduates got their diplomas Sunday. A class that when faced with challenges and many at the very last minute, you have rose above it with fierce determination to rise to the top and not be stopped by all the changes and expectations that were thrown at you. You continue to navigate through the pandemic, supported each other, and most importantly, shown kindness to others along the way. Thunder Mountain Assistant Principal Kelly Stewart provided welcome remarks to the families of the 163 students graduating this year from the school. When I look out at all our graduates tonight, I see 163 different stories, all with a unique narrative that has impacted each other and every one of us. Bowel Victorian remarks were provided by Grace Sykes and Devin Moorhead. Graduating senior Paulo Buhalano provided the class remarks. 
The night of graduations ended with Thunder Mountain Senior Class President Rhea Gehring moving the tassels. Congratulations, class of 2022. We did it. Now please rise with me as we move our tassels from right to left as a symbolic gesture of our completion of high school. Graduates, please turn your tassels opposite me. Are you ready? Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.